I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Zombies Ate My Podcast. This is the one and only place for you to tune in for zombie survival preparations. Uh, This is Ryan Murphy uh, filling in for Bob and I'm reading old text. As is the norm when I host this show because uh, Bob's got it down. He's got it down to a science. He's refined it. He's boiled it down, built it back up, tore it down. And he's, he's got the keys of the kingdom on his computer. But he's unable to be here today. Uh, so it's just, uh, well, of course, I will introduce him first. But it's just Lou and I, Lou, the busy zombie lord. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to talk about the weather because that's, uh, that's, that's Bob's that's, thing. No, we're not going to talk about the weather. Instead, we're just going to say Black Friday is coming. Oh, Run yes. and hide. Yeah, Run okay. We were talking a bit about Black Friday, and you know we won't get into the the uh, the differences in our countries. That's for another show. But uh, I will I will ask: Are there any zombie related Black Friday deals that we should be on the lookout for? I've been looking. I haven't seen anything yet. But if I do, I'll put it up on the Twitter feed. But is there something you want to see? Like, are there any games that uh, that you'd like to? You know, I saw that uh, Garden Warfare was like ten bucks off on Origin. Uh- I have no interest in that game. No interest, eh? No interest. Hmm. Uh, I lost a lot of uh, interest in uh, Plants vs. Zombies a long time ago. Uh, right. I would like to see um, uh, Dead Rising 3 on Steam go on sale. But yeah. I, 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 the way Capcom does things, I don't see that happening. That'd be interesting. Uh, I hadn't even thought about that. That's probably the most recent zombie game to come out, high profile-ish. Um, I'm also waiting for Resident Evil Five to go on a Steam sale. Oh, it was on it was the summer sales when I picked up six. No, it, it was, was not. No, it, 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 Five was the only game they did not do because Capcom had not decided whether or not they were going to remove game from Windows Live and make it a Steam functional game. So is it Steam functional now? Uh, it will be Steam functional in January or February. Okay. When Game for Windows Live is, the, the the integration will be fully pulled. Yeah, and we're sort of in 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 Steam, uh, Steam sale season, right? We had we had the Halloween sale, which was not much. They just had a bunch of games on sale. But uh, then there's the fall sale, and then the big holiday sale. Uh, so there's probably going to be a lot of zombie titles to look out for, and. Um, I'll just throw it out here, speaking of zombie sales, if anyone's interested in Walking Dead Season 2, we still have a code for that. So, hell, if you want to like just say, like, give me a reason, I'll throw it at you. I promise. But uh, that'll probably go on sale, no doubt. Telltale's games always always go on super sale. Um, but enough about Black Friday. Uh, you can pay attention to that in a couple days. But uh, let's get into the news. has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. And first up, we have uh, a recap show, Not To Be Outdone by Zombies Ate My Podcast. Funny or Die has launched a Walking Dead recap show called The Walking Fred. And I gotta admit, it this is... I only watched the first one. I know there's a second one. This is a recap of episode six uh, of the of The Walking Dead, and it's kind of got a good stick to it, eh? It's 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 funny. It's it's quirky. It, it, it's quirky and it's clever. It's a guy that's an actual zombie on set, and he claims to have been used in several episodes. Yeah, and. When he talks, he's half in character, half out of character, and you're you're never really. They do that tongue in cheek thing where like maybe zombies are real, maybe they're not, kind of thing, which is usually a good. It's a good joke. Yeah, it's clever, and they got. It looks like they got really good makeup on their side. 
It, well, it looks like they just dragged him off set and stuck him in front of a camera. Yeah, so. for sure. No, I, I think uh, – and, and it's funny and, you know, he's got like – and he's also got a Tinder account, he says. So that's something to puke about. Um, but uh, I don't know how long they'll keep with it. Uh, it it's, it's an interesting premise, but uh, – I, I can picture them doing it throughout the rest of the season just because – they film a lot of these episodes back to back to back to back. And if he's in the makeup and they've filmed a bunch of episodes already, it would be really easy for them to just give him a quick script and stick him in a chair. And he just stays in the same makeup and films like eight episodes in a row. It's something really easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of a one camera trick pony. Yep. But uh, no, check it out on Funny or Die. I, I mean, I had a good time with it. It's it's more comedical. They, like, don't go to it thinking like I'm gonna get a quick, a really good breakdown of all the major plot points. Really, no, what you're getting is just a bunch of gags. You're getting a bunch of gags, but you do get to see some of the stunts behind scene. Sure. Um, they do. Uh, the, the first episode that they did here for episode six, there's the scene where Daryl and Carol fall off the bridge in the van. And they show that footage, and then they show that they had to actually drop a car, that they couldn't just push it and watch it, because when they pushed it, it flipped and landed on the landed upside down, which is not what they wanted. And they show that, so that's kind of a nifty behind-the-scenes thing. Yeah, it's it's really interesting and, and, and worth a check. Uh, we'll have that in the show notes. But uh, next up, we have, and this is something my math teacher always told me. Math is super important, Ryan, and if you don't learn it now, you'll never solve the zombie apocalypse. Or no, sorry, you'll never survive. You probably won't solve the zombie apocalypse, but you also won't survive the zombie apocalypse. Um, When I say something like that, Lou, what does it make you feel? It makes me say, uh, well, obviously. Yeah, math math rules the world. I mean, there's a reason I'm married to a math major, guys. I mean, Uh, pick my battles. Unfortunately, teachers always told me math is really important. Math is really important. And it was always my worst subject in school. Sure. And then I got to be an adult and went, oh, man, look at all this stuff that math can make me do. Damn it, why didn't I pay attention to math? <laughs> I, I, I think it's, it's an interesting concept. And this is a CTV News article from up here in ye olde Canada uh, where they're talking about um, if you use math – uh, the, the what is it here? It's a, a study of how infectious diseases spread, and the result is uh, mathematical modeling of zombies. Um, and one of the most interesting points they make is that uh, a zombie apocalypse wouldn't make much sense if you look at uh, if you look at the plague. Um, the numbers didn't add up. Like the plague, I think it was like it was killing people too quickly, so yeah. it didn't spread fast enough. So the yeah. zombie apocalypse, it would spread too quickly. Now, that being said, you would have small pocket of survivors, but it sounds like it would still be devastating for the human race, but it wouldn't cause us to be extinct. Um, I still think The Walking Dead works within these rules, but uh, just because you know humans will survive and there will always there'll be enough food supply for the zombies to survive a long period of time, but it does support the theory that preppers have in the sense that they can like bundle themselves up and, and just, you know, wait it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought this is an interesting article. It's and- interesting. And it makes you think, but I've heard lots of the statistics. I've heard people go, Oh my God, the mathematician did the math. And it says that if there was a zombie virus, we'd all be dead. And then I've heard the other one where somebody goes, no, no, no. Mathematician did the thing. And then his statistics say, Oh, zombies are so implausible that it wouldn't last more than a week. Well, to see that, and the other issue is that uh, it's not just mathematicians getting in on on the zombie craze. You have like environmentalists, scientists of various kinds, like nature people, who I'm sure you can think of an ist word to describe them, um, are are saying like, oh, you know, bears would solve the zombie apocalypse. Birds would solve the zombie apocalypse. Like it just wouldn't happen because of birds, guys, and. It's almost like it's almost like why are you overthinking it, guys? Just enjoy it. It's like going to see Interstellar and then spending six hours in a forum trying to describe what was happening in that movie. It's like no, just just have your own opinion and relax and enjoy it. 
That's there's a reason why we're not sitting here with a whiteboard trying to figure out the zombie apocalypse. We're just enjoying ourselves, right, Lou? Damn right. Damn right. Uh, so mathematicians, stay away. Uh, no, you're always welcome here on on Zombies Ate My Podcast. But what's also welcome here on this podcast is zombie Christmas ornaments and other various Christmas-related activities, including stockings and chains for some reason. (laughs) Uh, I like the stockings, to be honest. Uh, Daily Dead has an article here highlighting a bunch of uh, uh, Walking uh, Dead-related Christmas ornaments, stockings, lights, etc., do you have any like our Christmas tree is up? Uh, we don't have Thanksgiving here in Canada, so it's like after Remembrance Day, it's sort of you know fair game for setting up Christmas decorations. Mine will go up Friday. Yeah, after Thanksgiving, Thursday night or Friday morning. Yeah, which is after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, yeah. Then that makes sense, and I totally understand. You don't want to, you know, bl- in, as a Canadian, because of the way Hollywood. Uh, sort of bombards us with American holidays. I always just assumed Thanksgiving and Christmas were just one was the beginning of the holiday season and one was the end, and it was just all Christmas lights. It was paved with eggnog and uh, national. Not true at all. My not, I, I know, I know that now. Having talked to a lot of Americans, they're just as pissed off as as some of the Scrooges up here who who don't like to listen to Christmas music. The unofficial like. It's okay to talk about and listen to Christmas music out loud is, I think, December 1st, um, which is sort of like, I think, a worldwide phenomenon. But I've never been one to get all pissy with people. So I, I actually have a comment on this. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I get the idea for, like, Christmassy stuff. And people buy their Star Wars ornaments or things like that for the trees. And I get it. And there's, like, this – there's this – you want to bring your geekiness into your holiday season kind of thing. And I get that. So they have Christmas ornaments. And I'm like, yep, I can see that. Walking Dead Christmas ornaments. That's clever. Okay. There's a, there's a, 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 a Christmas stocking. And I'm like, okay, I can understand that. But then they have like Christmas lights. And various kinds of Christmas lights. And all I can think of is now you've gone too far. Yeah. Like I agree. The stockings the, are a bit much. The, the stockings are like where I draw the line. It's like, okay, I get it. There's that kid that's a fan of The Walking Dead. You get him a, 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 a Walking Dead stocking for Christmas as a gag gift or whatever. But he's not going to use it for the next 20 years. He'll probably use it for the next two and then it'll get tossed. But see, this you is know? the thing. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, like, where I grew up, um, Christmas was was rooted in its its religious origins, right? Very traditional, let's say. Uh, and to have something like this probably... T- t- right now, to be honest, for me, I don't care. I bought my little puppy uh, a Christmas stocking. Uh, so, you know, I, I, like, I am all for celebrating the way you want to celebrate. But I know if I were a kid and I wanted, like, a Walking Dead stocking, it probably wouldn't have flied. <laughs> Uh, well, I, if I wanted something like that, I probably would have gotten it as a kid. But I don't think I would have wanted something like that. It would have been like, no, don't get me a Walking Dead stocking. Get me the Walking Dead on DVD. You know what I mean? Or Blu-ray. That's what I would have said. Not, not. Oh, get me this. Get me the ornament. Yep, it's gonna sit on the tree for about six weeks, and then it's gonna go back in a box. Yep. Uh, you know, I I have a couple of special ornaments. Uh, someone got me a Big Bang Theory ornament, uh, which I think might have been part of a joke. I, I I like the Big Bang Theory, but I don't like the way other people like it. Like they like it, and they're like, ah, Ryan, that's your people. It's like, no, those are people no, who not. who like so who like video games, but have serious social disorders. Why are you laughing? This is a serious matter. These people need help. Uh, yep. You know, but I look at, okay, let's look at these ornaments here real quick. The Rick one probably looks the most Christmassy. It's got blue. The zombies are in white, so it kind of looks like snowflakes from like a blurry angle. But then the back says, they're screwing with the wrong people. Doesn't that just scream the holiday spirit? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I get what they're doing and it's clever, but I don't know. I don't know who this is for. Well, I... 
I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm making fun of it, but I actually probably would, wouldn't mind that Rick ornament because I like what, I like what you're saying. Like I'm all about injecting the geeky goodness that is our hobbies and our, our passions into our everyday lives. Like if you go to my work office, I've got posters, like I've got Scott Johnson's like Breaking Bad art and, and 56 Geeks art up on the, on a bunch of Mario stuff. I'll probably once my amiibos are are done with their usefulness, I'll probably port a couple to to the office at work. You know, I'm all about sub- subjecting people to what I enjoy uh, in, in an appropriate fashion. Um, you know, and not just sticking with the norm. So I, on one side, I, I see what you're saying, like this gets old, but I don't know. I wouldn't mind like showcasing my love of The Walking Dead and putting an ornament up on the tree. I'm not right, going to put like a giant. Uh, Zombie head on the the ornament. But like I said, one ornament or two ornaments on the tree, that's cute. It makes a point. You get the thing. But these things have like Christmas lights. And like, really? You've got a Christmas tree and you're going to decorate your Christmas tree with walking dead lights. Really? No, I I agree. That seems too much. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put like a severed zombie head on the top of my Christmas tree. Although I did one year put my Master Chief helmet on the Christmas tree, which I was very happy about. Like instead of like an angel or a star or whatever. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I see where you're coming from. Like, I don't even know what these like necklace things are. There's other... They're not necklaces. They're ornaments. Oh, okay. Interesting. I wouldn't have gone for those. I don't know. Anyways, Christmas, the holiday zombie ornaments. Uh, if you guys want to check those out, uh, you can probably buy them at your local shop and 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 zombify your tree. So that's all the news we have uh, for this week. And coming up is uh, Bob and Lou's favorite segment and my not so favorite segment. Every couple oh, weeks, depending on it, what it, movie we're watching. I was gonna say it has been good for a few weeks. We punished you this week, though. You did. Uh, Let's get into Ryan Goes to the Movies. Uh, So this week, you guys made me watch House of the Dead. How'd that go for you? Uh, I, (laughs) I watched half of it. And it was like, I cannot do any more of this right now. I, I, I don't normally do this, but I, I, I split the movie in two. I watched the first 45 minutes uh, last night while laying down. And then I watched the second half of it while running on the treadmill. You know, my goal is eventually to find a movie you can't sit through, right? Is that your goal? Oh, That's God. That's my goal. Um, yeah. I didn't know I was allowed to quit. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, have... you're not. But, the, oh, but okay. if I push you, but if I push you to your limits, you might have to. <laughs> and yeah, I, I'm. I shouldn't admit this on the show, but I will. Um, I'm not one to stop watching something without the intent of going back to it. I have to finish it. I I need to know how it ends. I need to know if it gets better. If if somebody does something stupid at the end that's worth talking about, like for example. The second half of this film, there is a weird action sequence. You know, we were talking about this before the show and that Uwe Boll or whatever, the director of this film, uh, director of many shitty video game movies, how he wanted to create an action film, but he had yeah, to create no, a zombie no, film. If, if, I, I want to just state oh, yeah. this. No, sir, go uh, ahead. So if you've seen this film and you have not seen the... Uh, documentary that follows this film there is like a if you have the dvd or you can probably find it on youtube there's like a 10 minute documentary and i am not sure if it's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek or not but basically yui bull goes into how he really doesn't like zombies and he didn't really want to make a zombie movie he wanted to make an action movie but he was stuck with this piece of garbage so he made an action movie anyway huh and that's like that's almost word for word what he says and you're like, really? This is, it only makes sense if he was ma- being, uh, like making fun of himself. But this is before he he blew up as like this thing that people hate. So I think he was dead serious when he said it. Hmm. Yeah, 
it, it wouldn't surprise me. The guy's a bit of a dick. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the arguments and interviews he's had, uh, he he's he's not a fan of the people who actually will, may go see his films. I mean, that's the beauty of making a video game movie. You have that install base by, by almost default. It's like it's like the Transformers films. Like you have an you have an install base by default. The people who loved Star Wars as a kid and and cannot help to stay away from those movies based on their need to fulfill their nostalgia. Uh, I was not very into Transformers, so I saw the first one, gave the second one a chance, have no interest in seeing the third and fourth. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, on the other hand, I'll unfortunately watch anything that comes out of that. Yeah, oh god. Uh, We won't go there. Um, You're a glutton for punishment, sir. Well, you know what? Some would argue people are more of a glutton for punishment if you're a G.I. Joe or Transformers fan. So, I will say, so... What did you think of this movie? What was there any redeeming quality to this film, or was it just total garbage? Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm a sucker for slow mo rotation shots with, and I'm being serious with with like weird like action club music in the background. I just find that not not relaxing. I just find it like, yeah, that was cool, but. There's this one scene specifically, and again, I am by all means not condoning you going to watch this film, listeners. Just giving you the few 30-second clips that might have, that were good, while the rest was just plain crappy. Um, There's a scene where, like, an axe gets thrown at the cop, and she, like, jumps in the air for no reason, shoots her shotgun, and, and the camera follows the bullet as it starts as a bullet spreads into like the beads that a shotgun does and then proceeds to hit the zombie and i mean like the zombie makeup was shitty uh the blood effects were uh, almost non-existent but some of those slow motion rotation shots during those action scenes were kind of well done and the way they the way they interspliced you know actual house of the dead gameplay and footage was weird um but oddly paired interest i'm using i'm choosing my words wisely interestingly with with the weird like 360 pan shots and the action shots like it'd start with like a character and then they did this weird thing that they didn't do throughout the whole movie but in the later half they did where someone died it showed their like what would appear to be a character select screen and then faded to red it was really weird man no they they they, okay so the game pretty much the movie has pretty much almost nothing to do with the game whatsoever sure until like this weird dorky line at the end of the movie right but other than that they have to keep cutting in those sequences so that you know you know there was a game and that's what this is based on no no really that's what this is based on and it's not a good movie it's not it's poorly directed. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. No, there's the no worst, fun bits. No, and the worst part of it is this came out around the time of the Matrix's popularity. Yeah. So they do the 360 camera thing shots, right? And they're, they're shoehorned into the middle of action sequences for no reason whatsoever. So there'll be a scene where, like, they're in a shack and they're going to walk out of the shack and shoot people. And the guy has a shotgun in his hand and the girl has two pistols. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts and does this 360 pan camera as they walk out of the shed. But when they do the 360 pan camera, he has the two pistols and she has the shotgun. And then when it cuts back to the action sequence, he's holding the shotgun and she's holding the two pistols. It makes no sense whatsoever. Well, they traded mid-Matrix. Mid um, a, a couple things about the film that I noticed that I, that I kind of couldn't get out of my mind was, one, you know it's going to be a bad film when, like, Clint Howard... Is probably the, the the most attractive or not attractive. <laughs> he is not attractive in this film, and there there are actually other attractive people in the film. Um, I'll get to, uh, I'll get to that later. Uh, the he is like he's like probably the most well known actor in the film. Yep, which is surprising. Second of all, one of the main dudes, I think, like the guy who got spit on his face and had like a weird mutated face, he looked super familiar, and I can't uh, place it. I know who he is. It's um. Give me a second. It looks like Jack from Lost, but I know that's not him. 
I just I couldn't place it. We can come back to that, or I can go on a deep dive of IMDb. Uh, the other thing was um, Sega sponsors the rave at the beginning. I thought that was interesting. And even in 2003, I mean, I'm pretty sure Sega had better things to do with their money, like saving the company. <laughs> so it uh, must have been one shitty rave. Well, zombies took over. It wasn't that great. And and second of all, like, since when is it a rave? Or I guess this is fourth of all, but do people, like, not wear bras to raves? Like uh, Apparently when you have a crazy German director making your film, they don't. Nobody wears bras in this film. Nobody. Like, the end sequence, the one girl that survives, she's just wearing a shirt. And it's – there's a gratuitous slow-mo scene at the end and I'm like, okay, Uvi, spit it up. Let's get through this here. Like, we don't – don't need to linger any longer (laughs) this is a little creepy now and uh it's just it's just so bad i just don't get it it's so bad and the dialogue like funny enough the dialogue fits it's the source material because the dialogue in house of the dead was never that great but i don't know how you make a movie out of the house house of the dead games anyways there's not much there it's a shooting gallery game so anyways i hate you guys so that's uh no 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 You'll like us again oh, next perfect. week. Uh, your 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 film for next week is you're going to watch the 1986 classic, Night of the Creeps. Nice. nice. And forewarning, sir. Forewarning, it's not just a zombie film. It's got giant leeches. It's got a serial killer with with an axe. It's got aliens. It's got everything. You'll enjoy it. Now, what does this what does this film have to? Oh yes, Google. I love you too. I just Googled Night of the Creeps. And some of these, uh, some of these image results are kind of gruesome. Uh, you're gonna love it. Ooh! Oh God! It's, it's very B, but in a good way. Someone's face is melted off. Okay, that's fantastic. All right. Well, I look for oh flamethrower. Perfect. I look forward to watching this film. We will report back next week on that. Uh, the big mid-season finale of Walking Dead. Uh, next week with Night of the Creeps and speaking of Walking Dead why don't we talk a little bit about episode 7 Lou, final episode before the mid-season finale next week did uh, did AMC deliver? Uh, they lined them up just like I thought they would yeah, you were right I hear I was hoping that they would like yeah they're, you're right. They're lining them up, and I think uh, okay. Can I, we at least agree that they're going to conclude the hospital storyline? No. Oh, you really don't think so? They're, you no. think they're continuing that? Uh... I think that that's going to roll over to the next season, oh, no. uh, to the next half of the season, at least for an episode or two. Yeah. So do you? Okay. Well, let's go through this here. We this is essentially the episode that that tries to bring the entire group again. Just like in, in Walking Dead's previous, you have the group splitting off and then something brings them back together. So, of course, in this episode, we're seeing all three different groups s- slowly gravitating back together. Some slower than others, uh, but coming back together. So why don't we start with, uh, let's start with the easiest group to, to capture, which is uh, Glenn, Maggie, and uh, officer, officer scientist got his face beat in. And uh, and what is it? Handlebars McGee, Abraham, and and weird weird lady. The two weird ladies actually. They they had an interesting episode. So we we kind of this is a we a follow up after um, Abraham beat the living snot out of Eugene, uh, and Eugene is is knocked out cold, looking a lot better than he did the last time we saw him. Uh, he looked a lot yeah, less no, dead. No. The, the, the end of the scene, I have to say, this is kind of a flaw in their part. At the end of the scene where they knock him over, his face is like a giant bloody pulp. Yeah. And then they cut to him laying on the pavement. And he doesn't look like they did any of the makeup they did from the previous scene. It literally looks like he has like two cuts on his face. And he's fine other than that. And he's just laying on the pavement. I was a little disappointed. Yeah. And and that that whole that whole group sort of resolves quite nicely. Um, you get you get the quirky you know Abraham of course is is going is dealing with his shit in a weird way where he's like kneeling down the entire episode and being very hostile, um, which which causes Maggie to sort of babysit while everybody and else Maggie goes. Maggie threatens to ends up threatening to shoot him. 
Yeah, and he's like... Which I was like, okay, he was kind of a, ji- a jerk to the other girl. I get it. But, you know, you didn't need to pull the gun on him. Well, you just needed to tell him to cut his shit. He had... He, he, we know he has anger issues. I mean, he basically tried to kill Eugene uh, until they stopped him. But uh, it, it, he, I, don't, I don't blame her for doing that. I mean, I'd pull a gun too. Like, he's a big dude. And and you'd have to put him down if he came at you. Like, not many, not nobody else there could stop him. Like Rick was right. the only one. Rick and Tyrese, I guess, would be the only two that could maybe try and tussle with him. He's a big dude. Um, but this is sort of the comedic relief of of this episode. I mean, no one's technically died in in their group as after they left the, the church. They've had a rough go at it, but you know. And they they go like fishing or something, or they go to a stream to collect water, and they're having a conversation. And then they find they and then they find, uh, they go to a stream to collect water, and uh, Rosita, I think her name is, she is making a filter so that they can filter the gross water. And Glenn goes, "How'd you learn that? And where'd you learn that trick?" And he she goes. Oh, Eugene taught it to me. And so you go, if you think about it, Eugene may be useless. He may be too afraid to fight, right? Yeah. But he's not dumb, you know? He could help them find ways to stay alive. Yeah, exactly. He just might not be able to fight. Yeah, exactly. Which is not good, but still, he's not useless. Well, I mean, the argument can be made that you're going to need smart people when this is all over. Even when it's right. not all over, like you can't get by solely on a, on on just fighters, right? You need you need the smarts too, uh, as we'll we'll touch on later on in the episode. But uh, <laughs> um, so that that group sort of resolves itself. They you know they go fishing, they do a bunch of survival stuff where we see like it's not all about survival from killing zombies. It's survival from catching food, preparing water. And I wanted to say the nifty idea they pull apart some shirts that they find that have like some netting in it sure and they make a net to catch fish in it was very convenient that those zombies that got crushed by that uh hydro pole were, we're from the 80s breakers. yeah and wearing <laughs> windbreakers i i don't know how those I, I don't know how those people uh you know 30 years those coats are holding up pretty well i mean when was the last time you saw a coat with a mesh inner <laughs> i mean um on. i have a co-worker that wears one well is he from the 80s no oh Maybe you need to. But maybe he is a runner. To. Oh, okay. We should probably get a few of them from him just in case, so we can go fishing. Um, but the episode sort of that that segment sort of ends with like her rummaging through like a bag, and she pulls out this clump of dirt. Uh, this is Tara, uh, lesbian chick. Uh, I really need to learn these names. It's starting to becoming very rude, <laughs> labeling yes, all these it people. Is. I know, sir. Tara. But that's that's she's into she's into the ladies. That's you know, that's cool. Uh, Tara finds like a yo-yo, and they don't explicitly point it out. But she gets so excited that she found she it. Gets, she gets super excited. She goes, "My God, guys, you'll never believe what I found!" And it looks like she's holding something brown. And my thought was, "Man, she found a hand grenade. That's yeah. awesome!" And then they show her again, and she's got a yo-yo. And I went, "Really?" But see, again, it's a mo- it's it's about the other things required for survival like it's not all about weapons it's not all about you know being able to defend yourself it's also about keeping yourself sane and she just looks like a pig and shit with that yo-yo walking back to the fire truck and her being happy after all the shit that's gone down and the lies and the revelations to see her happy just playing with that yo-yo is like it's like okay we're gonna be fine people we're gonna be fine Okay, the humor is over. It's time for us to move to the serious groups. Yeah, well, okay, uh, this ends with basically Eugene regaining consciousness. So, again, their group wraps up in a nice tiny bow. They'll probably decide to go back to the church in which they'll discover it's empty, uh, leading us into our next discussion of let's let's tackle the Daryl stuff because really the only thing that happened with Beth was that she went into Carol's room and they were going to take her off life support. And basically, main chick, uh, Dawn, see, I remember her name, basically because I'm reading the Wikipedia article, Dawn gave her the, the drug uh, key to the cabinet. Yep. No, well, let's get into more details about that. Okay. So, 
Dawn and one of the officers get into a fight. And the officer says that they need to pull the plug on Carol, who they don't know who she is, because she's in a lost cause. They're wasting supplies on her. They might as well pull the plug now and uh, they might as well pull the plug now and get it over with so that they can save the supplies for somebody that actually needs them. To which it looks like Dawn is going to side with him. But you don't really know because she hasn't given a specific answer. And that's when Beth losers are cool and starts screaming and shouting about they can't just let people die kind of thing. And that's when Dawn is forced to basically take the police officer, the other officer's side and say, no, pull the plug. Which then afterwards, something really weird happens. She tells, pulls Beth aside, says, you killed her. And she's like, what do you mean? And she goes, I could have done something, but when you acted out like that, if I took your side, it makes me look weak. Hmm. Yeah. And which my full thought was, is if that's how, if she has to take that guy's side, because if not, she looks weak, then you're not in charge anymore. Well, that's the argument, is that she isn't in charge. And she's like just barely holding on. And it's interesting for, to see her admit that to Beth as if like she realizes that the end is near and she needs to gain as many allies as possible. Uh, right. and the best way to do that is to side with – like she said, like Beth, you're strong. Like I realize that now and that's why I'm going to trust you with this key. And it's an interesting dynamic and, and one of those dynamics with, with this group, with Dawn and the cops, the other cops, is that – I get the real sense that there is no there's no peaceful resolution coming and I don't think any of those guys survive, you know? Like I think that group that that group is maybe not going to have share the same fate as the hunters, but they're certainly not going to get away with 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 zero scratches. Uh especially how this episode continues to go down. Um but essentially Beth is continuing to try and keep Carol from dying long enough to be rescued uh and the other doctor i was worried he was gonna like send her in the wrong direction with with carol's uh no but she goes to the doctor to find out what she would need to keep him keep carol alive yeah and when she goes and sees the doctor his his exact words to her is either you stole the key from her or she gave it to you and either way is not good yeah because either way you'll owe her more you know, right? You're on her side now. Like you've basically picked a side. Of course, you're not going to side with with the officers that employed Officer McRapey. But I don't know. Like I, I think Beth is in a weird place, and I think I think she realizes that Carol's here. They're going to definitely rescue her. They may not want to rescue me, but they're definitely going to rescue Carol. Like she's right. a cool dude. Or wait, does she know that Carol's back with the group? No, she doesn't. She doesn't. But ah, if Carol's okay. there, I would assume she'd think somebody was right behind them. The other thing that's interesting is... But she knew Carol it, was off on her own. So she might not know. No, she didn't. I think so. Because she was taken before Terminus. And after the prison. And Carol was long gone by then. Well, there was also a lot of chaos. I, I, I doubt she remembers much of anything at that point. I don't know. Beth, Beth Smart, like, I think there was enough downtime there where she she knew Carol was off on her own. Like, I, I, I think I think that's. I, anyways, it's it's a it's not worth hashing out, but I I, but I still believe that like she, you know she feels like she has a stronger uh, chance of getting away with Carol being there. Whether there's more people coming to rescue them or or she can get out with Carol. Uh, but at least she still has a goal to work towards. Like, she wants to keep Carol alive. Uh, do you feel like this Dr. Edwards character, like, do you feel like he's someone who becomes a regular and they take and, and, and gets out of this alive? Or do you think he's too far gone? They, they could really use a doctor. I think that he's somebody that might be able to stick around. It's just a matter of whether or not that that's what the, uh, if that's what the writers want. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not even based on the writers, but when you look at it from a practical standpoint, like both these groups 
would really benefit from having that doctor around. It'd be really interesting to see if if they can keep him around uh, or whether he survives for that matter. But um, but let's get to the meat of it, which is uh, Rick's group uh, with uh, Noah and how they are attempting to rescue Carol and Beth, uh, which does not happen this episode as much as I would have hoped it would to kind of get a resolution to this stuff. But I do find this setup interesting. Um, the power struggle, what happens when you don't have, when you have a group filled with just chaotic people, but they're still like kind of chaotic good. Like they're still cops, you know, but they're like, they've got too much power, man. No, I, I, I actually, I, I, I disagree. Uh, it, they hit Carol on purpose in the previous episode. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. They, maybe they, they're not chaotic. Good then. They, no, they hit her on purpose. You saw her go out of the building and she stopped and she looked and you saw the car pull up and they hit her on purpose. Yep. Yeah. Like th- there was plenty of time for them to slam on the brakes or pull up and say, hey, who are you and what are you doing here? They didn't. They pulled up and they hit her at full speed and then stepped on the brakes. And then without batting an eye, they 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 threw her on a board and stuck her in the back of their car. And it, at that point, they're not really collecting people because they're trying to help them. They're trying to make sure that people are indebted to them so that they have workers. Yeah, yeah. But man, to hit her that hard. Whew. Right. I agree, though. And, and and so you, and in the previous scene with Beth and them, one of the officers says she was in a car accident. Yeah, you hit her. Yeah, it wasn't an accident, buddy. It wasn't an accident. You did it on purpose. Yeah. And so their your their their goodness is in question. It they, they they act like they're doing something good, but how many people are there because they did something to get you there? I think you're right. Like they're recruiting people with with I hesitate to say kindness. They're enslaving people with kindness. Like, oh, but we we saved your life and here's a gun and well, we're not going to use it, but we're not going to let you go. You know, like right. you have to pay off your debt. Oh, but you ate that paperclip for dinner. You, yeah, you owe us. Doesn't matter. Um, right. I, I think it's 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 like I said, it's an interesting dynamic. Like the show is really good at creating these situations where it's not just a ragtag group of survivors that have come together. It's a you know a cop who has who you know they kind of get into how it got started with. You know, the cops are sort of like we're evacuating the hospital and that's just where they ended up staying, you know, and the people that are there are people who they saved or doctors that were just happened to stay behind. Um, And we get into the the episode with Rick's group where they're trying to formulate a plan. And I don't know about you, but I really felt as though like Rick is flying off the handle this season, not in a crazy I'm seeing my dead wife's ghost off the handle, which I'm glad we're not getting that. But just like no sense of humanity, like when he just he just sees red blacks out and then he just doesn't care. It's like, all right, no, I, want... I disagree with you. I disagree with you big time. Oh no, dude! He almost killed like three or four people in this episode. He almost killed. Uh, he if there was nobody around, he would have taken them out. Like he I was talking so. about slitting throats and oh man, dude, he's no, bloodthirsty. No, no, no. No, no, no. They have a they have a discussion about how they're going to take the hospital. Oh, and he was and, not happy when his plan did not go forward. And, and his plan was they sneak in, kill people, they rescue theirs, and they get out. Yeah. And uh, Tyrese made a point that we can do this peacefully. We catch a couple of theirs, and then we offer them up for uh, we offer them up in trade for our friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, and he and I have is not to happy say, about it. I have to say, I disagree with Tyrese's plan. I think they should have done what Rick wanted. Well, I, and again, I think you're looking at it from the fact that, like, and we 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 know something they don't. Like, we know that they're that they're very unstable, and that no matter what, people are going to die. And and they well, they quickly learn that as the episode. Well, progresses. the other thing too, though, is is that they have Noah. Noah knows all this. Noah has told them. Oh, that's a good point. That, that the, these cops aren't as nice as they seem. That some of them are nice, but some of them aren't. Uh, I would, I would, 
I would disagree. Like, I don't even think he knows because later on in the episode, uh, he, I think he makes a serious misjudgment on, on one of the officers, Lamson, the supposed, anyways, what happens is they, they like Rick, I think has a serious issue with them not going with his plan. And I agree with you, like killing a few other people and, and just getting out of there as quietly as possible. That plan probably would have ended with my prediction coming true. They escape the hospital, they leave Atlanta, and nobody sees the hospital ever again. Uh, you know that would have been what happened, but because of what they, you know, uh, Daryl backs up Tyrese, they corner a couple of cops. Um, there's a, it gets a bit heated when backup shows up, which Noah didn't happen to mention. Um, so you've got three cops; they're on the run. They eventually catch everybody, but there's a scene where a, a pretty pretty hairy scene where uh, daryl is kind of checking in on these like uh uh what were they like rvs or campers but they were like yeah. uh, emergency campers stuff they set up in emergency situations from the army and he he thinks he hears something and then all of a sudden he gets tackled by the uh, backup cop the guy who definitely looks like an asshole uh, and in fact, I think in a previous episode he was a jerk in one of the other scenes with officer McRapey. yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me. He looks like Officer McRapey, uh, apprentice. Um, but he he knocks over Daryl, and there's a bit of a scuffle. And the interesting again, kudos to the writers always coming up with interesting and disturbing ways to involve walkers. What happened was it looks like there was a bombing there uh, from the army, so a lot of zombies have become fused with the pavement. There was a fire, I think, is what they said. Fire, yeah. Well, there's all these walkers fused, and and Daryl in this this asshole cop are like tussling on the ground and there's these two walkers that they're in between just fuse the ground just like ah and they're trying to force each other to get bit yeah and it was i was like ooh, is this where daryl bites it but nah it's just gonna be really close so daryl's like reaching like to grab a weapon and i thought he was just like you know you're being choked you're delirious you're not sure what's happening i thought he was just reaching for no matter but he's actually reaching and he's almost sticking his hand into the and i'm sure when they did a couple takes he actually did it but I, I, he's like sticking his hand trying to almost sticks his hand in a zombie's mouth it, his finger does go in a mouth at one point but it, yeah. he doesn't get bit he doesn't it was close and it was so well done they probably like instructed him to actually do that but what he does is I, he he bowling balls the head rips it off the pavement out of the body and uses it to bludgeon the guy on top of him it was awesome yeah, it was awesome but I saw a flaw in the scene. Okay. Ruin it for me. Break the glass. Let's go. Um, he has a knife sheath hanging from his pants where there was a knife right there. And it was right within arm's reach. Mm. And he could have just pulled his knife and stuck the guy. Yeah. That's a good point. But maybe he wanted him alive, which we saw. I, I, I agree with you. More okay. practical to stab the dude that's that's choking you to death. I agree. Uh, it could have been pinned. He could have been trying to save his life. And but... so let's just say he bludgeons the guy. They get up. Rick shows up, points a gun at him. and Ready to kill it him. Lo- it looks like they were going to shoot him. And I was literally going, just shoot him. <sighs> you're cool. You're, you're, see, you're, you, I, think, I think you don't see what's happening here is that they're, they're, they're portraying Rick – as a character, I saw an article where people were saying, like, is Rick the new Shane? And I thought, okay, that's a bit far. Like, Rick still has morals, and he still cares for his group. Shane was no. selfish and, and, and crazy. But I, but I, my thought was, this guy showed up. He's twice as big as any of them. He's huge, mm-hmm. right? And if you looked him in the face, he looked like, as soon as I get a chance, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I agree. The other two officers were more docile. They're like, all right, you caught me. Okay. Like, just don't kill me. <laughs> Down by the Boston Yard. This guy looked like, no, no, no. Give me a second and I will kill you. He he, you know he I mean? reminded me of the guy in Terminus. Like, you know, if you don't let me, if you don't kill me, I will kill you. You know? Right. I and agree. All, and, and all I kept seeing was him and going... No, no, no. Time to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. But Daryl says three is better than two. And Rick's like, all right. 
he's I'll give Rick this. He's still listening to reason. Even right. if he knows that it's easier to t- it's, it's much better to take the easy way out. I mean, he's seen he's seen what people have become in this world and it's not you just you cannot give in to in this world it's, it's very dark and you can't give in to the you know the humanity sometimes because you'll just end up creating a bigger problem um because as the episode progresses for the rick group you know they start to formulate a plan here's how we're going to trade uh and then we find out from lamson who noah says is one of the good guys uh lamson's the uh is the guy that they're hoping to replace don like which is like well okay maybe he's the good guy but because like officer asshole is 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 saying that lamson's going to be replacing the cops some kind of thing like why would he vow for lamson and he seems like a pretty decent guy uh and he actually uses that to his advantage right to manipulate the survivors which means like when you have strangers among you people you should not trust you do not trust them <laughs> you know you warm up to them you don't well, you don't trust hostages my, my 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 problem was they became too trusting too quick oh yeah way too quick because it was like if he had advice on how they should proceed i would take it with consideration but it does not mean that i would trust him to turn my back on him which is what they do yeah, oh, not that, not just turn the back on them, but go in a different room, you know. Right, and and that's what we see. Like they're kind of um, Rick's talked to Lamson. He's got all the information he needs. They're going to be ready to go in ten minutes, um, which I thought was a very good thing to mention because you're kind of sitting there. It's like, all right, we're going to leave in ten minutes. Let's. Uh, and then Lamson's like fake sob story about. His buddy partner who got sent down to where the fires were and he's fused to the concrete and Sasha after having a moment with Tyrese and like you know cry it out hug it out kind of thing about Bob he says uh she and I think she was kind of it was kind of coincidence that Lamson's first name was Bob and that kind of got her as well she gives into this sob story and, and says I'll help you take care of it I have a sniper I have a sniper rifle and we can take care of it out here and as she's aiming, I saw it coming a mile away. How could nobody? Even I saw it coming a mile away. And my other gripe was, no, you, you listen to his sob story and you go, that's nice. Now, when, you're do- when we're done here, I'll shoot him for you on the way out. Yeah. You didn't need to do it right this minute. Well, and because she's she- emotional, right? She's, she's right. sort of like, she's just finally been ready to say goodbye to bob and to to, to let go i also feel like it was she was a bad choice to leave behind leave behind to watch him because they were going to make the trade they were leaving that guy there were they really yes oh, i thought they were all leaving no they were going to leave with the other two and keep him as a backup and let him go after hmm. trade the two and then we'll let the other guy free when we get our people safe Okay. Interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, yeah, I missed that. I must have missed that. Um, and they left her to watch him. And all I kept thinking was, "Is no, I would have left uh, Tyrese to watch him." So if they've already left, then then they might actually make it to Dawn first. But because they don't have lamps into trade, it might be a bit might go down. I think we're in for a very discussion driven episode. With, I think with a we're fiery in for a end. Shootout. Well, yeah, with a, that's, oh, yeah, exactly, with a fiery end. I mean, I think it starts with a discussion because once we, you got to realize that I don't think Dawn's interested in killing people. You know, she, I don't think she knows that her officers are like, like, uh, like enslaving people by. by but I don't think she does either. I don't think she has done one of those patrols in a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's an interesting situation that they set up, and I think that uh, Sasha just had a, a bit of a bonk on the head, and Lamson's still running with with tied hands. Like it's going to be tough for him to get very far. But. Uh, oh, I see his scenario playing out in one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Either she is going to go after him. I mean, he's handcuffed. I don't picture him getting very far. You yeah. know, he has to run through a city handcuffed yeah. so to get to, to to find 
his people. So either he gets back and they free him or Sasha catches up with him and I think she kills him. Yeah, kills him or recaptures him. But I, I agree. Like, I don't picture it, him getting recaptured. I, he's either dead or he escapes. Yeah. But I think we get a nugget of info before he goes. Like something important that will help like the trade. Um, but I think that um, – yeah, I think if Rick and his group have already gone to make contact with Dawn, then uh, as long as as long as long uh, Lomson or whatever doesn't make it back – we're looking good, but I think you're right. Like the next episode is going to be pretty discussion heavy, but it's definitely ending in bloodshed. And I'll ask one more time because next week we are going to be discussing the mid season finale. We're going to have a special guest on Bob will be back. So it'll be a four person podcast. Um, Got to lock in that guest first, but we will be having a return guest. She has been on before. I'll give you that information. Um, But who do you think bites the dust? Mid-season finale. You and me. Let's predict this thing. See who's right. Obviously, you're going to be right because you're kind of the guy. But who do you think will die? Uh, I think we see the end of Sasha. Yeah? It's a solid guess. It's 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 a it, solid it's, guess. It's, it's Sasha or Carol is going to go. Yeah. I, I, those are both solid. I think because Carol's already like kind of on her deathbed, like, I think Carol goes in a in a, a blaze of glory. She not. I don't think she goes in we a have, hospital bed. You forget though. We actually have one quick thing we have not covered yet in this episode. What's that? They they leave the baby behind with um, uh, Michonne and um, Carl. Oh right, and we did and, miss that. and and um, Father Gabriel. And Father Gabriel has escaped. And Father Gabriel kind of loses it. He takes a machete and he goes into his room and it's like he's going to practice so that he can defend himself and he just can't do it. And instead, he uses the machete to pry the floorboards out and sneak away. Essentially committing suicide. But the way Bob goes on about Father Gabriel, I don't think that's all the last we've seen of him. No. And I have one other thing I want to bring up about this episode. Sure. Before Rick... And then leave to go to the hospital. There is a scene of them building up boards so they can board up the church in defense. Right. And they take church, the church pipe organs down and they stick them in the ground like spikes. Right? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from personal experience, those church pipe organs would serve no defense and that is completely useless and obviously whoever wrote that i that idea has never dealt with church pipe organs mm. um some church pipe organs can be hefty but their their metal is almost like sheet metal they bend like nobody's business so that would serve no purpose you would go to stick it in the ground and the pipe would bend or break hmm Interesting. So, and, and I mean, to be honest, it doesn't look like they're going to be staying at the church very long. So, in the end, I think it's a, it's something they won't have to test. But I, I thought it was an interesting, like, yeah, set up some spikes. I hadn't thought about nope. that. It, it, it set up spikes is cool. Uh, made of church pipe organ, not going to work. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I look forward to the next episode. So you're saying Carol or Sasha? I'm. I'm thinking maybe like Tyrese. Maybe it's time Tyrese kind of you know something happened no, to him. He's no, in a good I, place, you know. He's in a good place, but I think he is still the weak link in the group. He did not kill that guy when he had a chance, and he challenged Rick's idea about going in guns blazing and rescuing their friends. He made the smart what what was what's considered the smart play to do hostage negotiation. And I think Sasha dies and he falls in line with Rick. Oh, man. I don't know if he can take another death. All right. Well, the predictions are in. We'll see if we're right uh, next week when we return to talk about more Walking Dead. But for now, we're going to get out of here, uh, Lou. Is there is there anything worth uh, mentioning before we wrap up this fine show uh, besides, obviously, the Black Friday sales and stuff? Um, anything? Mm, Zombie turkeys, maybe. 
maybe uh, go watch Thanksgiving if you can find a copy of it. It's about a killer turkey for Thanksgiving. I always have killer turkeys on Thanksgiving. No, no, no. Serial killer turkey that kills off people on Thanksgiving. Oh, literally killer. Okay. Yes. Um, that sounds terrible. Awful. I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. But I do want you fine folks to let us know what you think is going to happen in the mid-season finale. Uh, we do not have any listener feedback this evening, but maybe next week we'll have some. Tell us what you think. Send your predictions in, and we'll see who's right. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm right. Probably lose right. Uh, but you can do that by going to our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com. Send an email, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Zombies Podcast. Like us on Facebook, Google+, YouTube, all that fun stuff. It's all on the website. Website. Uh, if you want to follow individual hosts, you can find me at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob at Bobbert F. Finally, quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork on our website and iTunes. You can find more of his awesome work at joelduggan.com. Lou, thank you for uh, for running through The Walking Dead with me this evening, talking about some ornaments and all that fun business. But for now, I got to go get me some zombie ornaments and put them on the tree. I don't, that just sounds wrong. That oh, does sound wrong. I know. That's not a euphemism. I, I was literally going to go to Walmart and get some ornaments. Good luck with that. Something tells me they'll be tough to find. I don't have any bad zombie jokes. Maybe that was the bad zombie joke. I think the fact that you're going to buy them is a bad zombie joke, so let's go. Yeah. I think that's the that's the worst zombie joke we've had on the show. Yeah.